0: everybody. Welcome to the What's Right podcast. We want to serve you up a fresh dose of what's right for your life today. Go ahead and get your notepad and pen, a Bible, whatever you need for today's episode. And you can always find more at whatsright.com. Every Tuesday and Thursday, we try to have some fresh content for you, a new podcast each Tuesday and Thursday. And then Wednesdays at noon, we have an interactive session with you on Facebook Live. Come and join us Go ahead and subscribe, become a part of the What's Right family by subscribing to this podcast and share it with a friend who you know they need to hear some of this content too. Let's go ahead and jump into today's episode. Hey, good day, everybody. I hope you are doing awesome, and uh, I just hope that the Lord's love is being manifested in your life today, and uh, it is so strong. It's making you want to shout, and uh, today we're going to be talking about, as you can see from the title, 13 devastating mistakes that affect God's plan for you, 13 devastating devastating mistakes that affect God's plan for you. And uh, we don't want you to make those mistakes. I have made them. Uh, I don't want anybody else to make them. And uh, I hope that you never make them. That's why we're talking about it today. Uh, 13 Devastating Mistakes. Uh, We want you to be right in the center of God's plan. And His plan is awesome. Awesome. Uh, Right now over at uh, Connectionshow.org, there is a great series Uh, With Pastor Tracy Harris, that's going on. I'm telling you, it has been such a joy and fed me so much, been so nutritious uh, to my spirit in that series with him. He's just, he's such a great uh, mentor and leader and teacher of the Word of God. And uh, right before that, we had a great series with uh, Pastor Paul Brady uh, at Millennial Church out in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, so that's going on right now. It's going to be awesome. Uh, We're Preparing at Boomerang for Egg Fest, uh, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. We're going to have a big, uh, egg drop where we're going to drop thousands of eggs on the field and uh, have a race for the kids to go uh, get all those eggs, throw them in the basket and uh, enjoy some prizes that are in there. I think it's over 15,000 eggs that we have in the middle of town at the YMCA Park. It's going to be awesome the day before Easter and uh, looking forward to that. We got that in planning and preparation, going to be giving things to the community. All of that, of course, will be free for the community. We're just loving and serving on the community at uh, Boomerang. And uh, also, uh, my wife and I, it's coming up on now, um, let's see here. In May, it'll be 20 years that we will have been married. Yay. I need a sound effect right there. (laughs) And uh, 20 years. And uh, y'all pray for me. Okay. All right. Did you hear that? Okay. Thank you. Um, Anyway, (laughs) it's been awesome. Uh, God is so good. And uh, my wife is a gift. Uh, She is a blessing from the Lord. And uh, I'm so excited to uh, reach 20 years together. Uh, It's a great milestone. And uh, it truly does not seem like that long, but at the same time, I'm so blessed uh, to have known her and been around her for that long and longer. I'm excited about what the God what the Lord has for the future is going to be awesome for what the God has. I'm excited for what the God has. Amen. <laughs> oh man. Also, I'm getting ready to go to the Philippines here in a little, uh, few days and, uh, going to be there for a couple of weeks. I'm going to be at a conference that has over 400 churches that'll be represented. And, uh, we'll be there just to impart the fire of God and the love of God and, and, uh, Uh, just uh, encourage people to live this life for Christ and watch how the Lord blesses them. He is such a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. He's such a good father and uh, what a blessing he is. And so that's going to be a great trip. I'm really, really excited for it. It's really stirring in my spirit right now and uh, excited. I'll tell you all about it when I get back. Uh, But you know what? This is our very first podcast and I'm excited. I'm I'm looking forward. I'm ready to jump into it. This actually will probably be part one of at least two or three. I'm imagining that it'll be three, uh, because I don't want to rush it. It is a huge, important topic, 13 devastating mistakes that affect God's plan for you. Uh, God's plan for your life. I've made these mistakes. I don't want you to. And, uh, this is part one, 13 devastating mistakes, uh, part one. And uh, so let's go ahead and turn to Jeremiah 29, 11. So Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. this is a verse that I found many years ago, and uh, I really, really like it. It's one of my favorites. Uh, it has done great wonders of moving me in the direction of God all of my life, and I needed this verse. You can go actually uh, to Jeremiah 24, 7, and it'll say something very similar uh, to this. And then Jeremiah uh, 29, 11 uh, it says, uh, I know the plans. We'll actually talk about Jeremiah 24 later, but Jeremiah 29, 11, to start with, for I know this, is the Lord by the Holy Ghost speaking for, I know the plans that I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope. So this is a verse that many people know and quote. But I want to point out a couple of things here. Uh, first thing is the Lord is telling you and every person, "I've got plans for you, and I've got plans for you." And it and here's what you need to see by that. By him saying that, we know that not everybody moves in those plans. Well, if they don't move in those plans, it's conditional, which we're going to look at. If they don't move in those plans, they're not going to receive the things that he has for them. And what does he have for them? He has plans for each one of us, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare. Well, that doesn't mean welfare like our welfare system in America. It means that he has plans for you to fare well, in other words, he has good plans. He's saying very specifically, I do not have bad plans for you. I have good plans for you. I want you to fare well. Well, and one thing to remember about this is a lot of times we will attach our own thinking towards these words. In other words, our best plan may not even scratch the surface of God's good plan because of a corrupted world, a world that hasn't seen the fullness of God. We may be looking at something and not realize that it is not even close to God's good plans. But this is the Lord speaking. This is the creator of the universe. This is God Almighty who loves you. And he's saying, in all my knowledge, in all my wisdom, good is what I have planned for you. And you have to understand that when he defines plans as good... It is good on his level. It's not good on my level. It's not good on a level that I've been taught by this corrupted world. It's good on a God level. And that right there goes beyond and starts to open up our minds to what's actually out there and available. And when he says these plans that he has for us and it's plans, good plans, plans to farewell, plans for welfare... It already is beyond what we can ask or think. It's already beyond that. We know from Ephesians 3.20, when we get to the place that we understand it, it's still beyond that because his plans are beyond all that we can ask or think to pour out abundance. That's his plans for us. His next statement here is not for calamity. In other words, he has plans that do not lead you to calamity ever, ever. He never has plans for you to have calamity. Well, what does that tell you right there? That tells you when calamity comes, that was not God's plan. And so we can start applying. Now, some people would take uh, condemnation for that and they would say, well, uh, I must have just missed it then, and now I don't know what to do because I'm just a mess. Well, that's not the direction ahead with that. The direction ahead with that is I need to now put, now that I know it, let's put faith on living a calamity-free life. Let's not drop faith in that and give up, throw our hands up and give up. No, let's put faith that we can live a calamity-free life. You You may have missed it you may miss it in the future but that's not going to change god's plans that's not going to change who he is that's not going to change what he has for you his next statement is i have plans for you plans for welfare and not for calamity to give you a future and a hope again this is this is a future on god's level this is a future a good future a future without calamity this is a god level future, a God who knows and sees all, who knows and sees all good things. It is a God level future and a hope. Now, hope in our American language today uh, many times means luck. Uh, It's really kind of like, well, I hope it goes well for you. Maybe it'll fall your way. Maybe it'll fall uh, the other way, but I hope it goes well for you. Well, hope in the Bible is not luck. It's not even... Actually, it's kind of the opposite of that. Hope in the Bible means a joyful, confident expectation. In other words, if you're in hope and you don't have joy, you're not actually in hope. If you're trying to put on hope and you don't have confidence, you're not in hope. If you if you are in uh, trying to put on hope and you don't have an expectation of good plans, not for calamity and a good future, you're not in hope. Hope is joy confidence, expectation of the promises and character and nature of God. It is all good things and it is a reality. It's not a far-fetched dream uh, that you'll never hit. No, it is a plan of God. All of these, these are plans of God. Well, the reason I say that is God has plans. Well, let us You can go ahead and turn to Isaiah 119. God has plans for you. However, just because He has plans for you, don't you know that these are the same plans He has for every person? You know, the plans may be different, but they can all be classified by good, welfare, not calamity to give you a future and a hope. So every plan he has for every person that would be in his family that wants to be or can be in his family, every plan is a good plan for welfare, not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Every plan can be classified by that. Now, uh, my wife may have different plans from God for her than I do for me. However, they're all classified by good plans. None of them will ever be, the plans that God has, will never be outside of good plans uh, for you. Never, never, never. Never, never. So when we start to understand that, we start to realize, well, wait a minute. I hadn't walked in that. And you'd be right. I haven't walked in it always either. I've walked in some of them, but I haven't walked in all of it, which shows that even though God has these plans, doesn't mean that we walk in them. Even though this is God's will for us, it doesn't mean that we walk in them. So they are conditional. The things that we do determine whether or not we walk in those plans. So what is it that determines that? Well, we're going to be very broad and basic, very general today in that. Uh, look at Isaiah 1.19. It says, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So in other words, uh, eating the good of the land is another part of his good plan. But here we see a way of God. The Bible says that his way is holy. When he establishes a way in the kingdom of God, it's something that can be utilized throughout all of the kingdom. Well, this In Isaiah 119 is one of his holy ways. It is this, you will eat the good of the land, or you will move into my good plan when you're willing and obedient. Now, there's a story that uh, Brother Hagin used to tell. He had been uh, obedient to what the Lord told him. And he said, Lord, you said, if I'll be willing and obedient, I'll eat the good of the land. And the Lord said, yeah, that's true, but you don't qualify. You're not willing. (laughs) So he was sitting there. He had been obedient, but his heart, he had not been willing in his heart the whole time. And he said, I got willing real quick. (laughs) And uh, so we really always need to be working on our heart. Are we willing to do what God tells us to do? Are we doing it uh, not cheerfully? That's the the marker of it. That's a symptom of not being willing. Well, I'm doing it, but I don't want to be. You know, I'm serving in kids ministry, but I really don't want to do this. You know, uh, we need to be willing all the time. I could I could go off on a tangent there and talk about that for a while and teach on, but I'm not going to. We're talking really today about the obedient part. Uh, if we're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. Or if you're willing and obedient, a way of God is willing and obedience will put us into his plan, into his very good plan. So uh, I can work on my heart, but let's talk about the obedient part. If I'm going to be obedient to something that God tells me to do, I just have to take action on what he says. However, if I don't know what he says, how can I ever be obedient? So what we're talking about today is how do I hear from God correctly? How I want to walk in the plans of God. I want to stop my life uh, from being devastated and moved away from the plans of God. I want to be smack dab in the middle of the plans of God. And if I'm going to be in the middle of the plans of God, I've got to to hear from him in order to be willing and obedient. I've got to hear, be led by him, have leading from the Holy Ghost, and I've got to be obedient to what I hear. Uh, Jesus gave us a good example of this. He said, I never say anything. I'll paraphrase. I never say anything but what I hear the Father say. I never do anything but what I see the Father do. So if that was what Jesus needed to do, was to be obedient and follow the command of the Father, surely you and I need to do this as well. But in order to do it, we must Uh, ramp up our relationship, our fellowship uh, with the Father. We must uh, have that intimacy with Him where we're hanging out with God so that when He speaks or He moves, there's just the slight breathings of the Holy Ghost, we pick up on it. We pick up on the leading of the Spirit so that we hear what He's saying, hear what He wants us to do individually, and we're obedient to it. I want to eat the good of the land. I want to be in his good plans, but if I can't hear him, I can never be obedient, and I won't be smack dab in the middle of his plans. And now let's look at Romans eight fourteen. Romans eight fourteen shows us that for all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. So what this verse tells us is if we're born again, We have a right and an an ability to be led by the Spirit of God. Now, if you continue reading there in uh, Romans 8, it actually gives us an indication of how uh, God uses the Holy Spirit to communicate to our spirit, and that's where our leading comes from. In order to be led by God, we want to be tuned into the Holy Ghost. So, in order to avoid the 13 devastating mistakes that will affect God's plan for you and for your life, you must be led by the holy ghost you must be led by god you must hear from him and hear from him clearly and that's what we're talking about today we're really talking about 13 uh devastating mistakes on being led by god you know 13 devastating ways to miss the leading of god and so let's look at this and if we'll do the inverse. If we'll do uh, the opposite of what we're talking about, we can be led by God. We can hear from God. Uh, These things that we're going to be talking about, we're going to talk about the first four or five of them today. These things, these are things that Nicole and I have applied in our life. They absolutely work. They're promises in the word, and they're going to help you to be right in the middle of God's plan as you hear from him clearly, and then you're obedient and move right in the middle of eating the good of the land and being in the middle of the future and the hope that God has for you. That's where I want you to be. And so let me tell you a story here to begin with, a story about being led. Uh, some years ago, I was reading a book and uh, by Smith Wigglesworth. It was about him and his life. And he said this. He said, I never pray for more than 15 minutes at a time, and I never go more than 15 minutes without praying. Now, I remember reading that directly, but I've also heard other people say uh, that he said, I never pray for more than 30 minutes at a time, and I never go for more than 30 minutes without praying. Regardless of whether he said 15 minutes or 30 minutes, I believe he probably said both over time. Um... Regardless, what he's showing is a life of prayer. And when he said that, you know, just because somebody does it, even if they're a spiritual giant, it can be good to copy them. And and, but you need to have your own revelation on it. So uh, just because I read that doesn't mean that I need to follow that same pattern. I need to hear from the Lord uh, to make sure that I'm in my in my plan. And uh, but along the lines right there. As soon as I read that, the Holy Ghost spoke to my spirit, and he said, Brian, you need to do that. And so I immediately started making that my plan. I set my watch uh, to every 15 minutes, it would give me an alarm, and every time the alarm would go, I would start to pray. Well, that went good uh, the the whole first day until about noontime, (laughs) and about noontime, I had run out of everything I knew to pray about. <laughs> I, did, I had prayed for you know my wife. I'd prayed for my kids. I'd prayed for the dog. I'd prayed for my mom, for my dad, for the work, for the church. I'd prayed for the house. I'd prayed for provision. I'd prayed for healing. I'd prayed for deliverance and restoration and protection. I'd prayed for people I know. I'd prayed for people I didn't know. And by noontime, I was fresh out of anything to pray. <laughs> and uh, about that time, I uh, was sitting there and I kind of laughed. I was just talking with the Lord, which I, you know, that's praying in itself. But I told him, I said, it's, I said, well, Lord, I don't know what to say. And I basically, you know, just kind of said, it's kind of funny and, you know, good to talk to you. And I don't know what to say right now. And I got quiet right at that moment. The Holy Spirit spoke in my spirit and he said, why don't you pray in the Holy Ghost? I was like. Oh, yeah, (laughs) that's a great idea. It's like you're God or something. And uh, I thought, why in the world did I not even think of that? Why don't I pray in the Spirit? Let the Holy Spirit lead my prayer. And uh, what I found out was... The Spirit-led prayer, when you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, every believer has uh, ability to pray in the Holy Ghost. We're not talking about the gift of tongues. We're talking about your own prayer language. And, uh, man, I started praying in the Holy Ghost. So every time my watch would beep, I would start praying in tongues. And it'd beep, and I'd just... (laughs) It was beautiful. I don't know. uh, I really learned that I had been missing out on quite a gift that God had given. Because when I would just pray in tongues and pray in the spirit like that, a joy and a peace would flood me. I started to have wisdom and knowledge in ways I'd never had it before. I started truly, uh, and it did not take long, I started living life on another level. Well... In the, in the meantime, what happened was, uh, didn't really have to set my watch. After a period of time, I would just find myself praying in spirit, and I would be going down the road. And I can remember multiple times I'd be driving down the road, and I'd kind of wake up and come to myself. Not that I was asleep, but that I wasn't really paying uh, direct attention to to my prayer. And I would, you know, come to myself and say, "Man, I'm praying in the spirit." And then I think, how long have I been praying in the spirit? And, and I wouldn't be able to answer that sometime. I don't know. And really what was happening was my spirit was yearning. My spirit that's born again and connected to God, it would yearn to communicate with God. And this is the way that it does that. And I would have been praying in the spirit for I don't know how long. And so I would go on down the road and I'd be praying in the Holy Ghost and and uh, I just, it'd be coming out of my spirit. I'd catch myself praying in the spirit more often than my alarm on my watch would go off. And it became a part of me. And it was then that I really started to understand uh, the word in Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, that says, pray without ceasing. In other words, I had a spirit of prayer constantly that I was constantly praying, and it was happening on a regular basis. Well, over the period of time, I started to uh, move into ministry. The Lord uh, told me and called me to preach, and as I did that, I started getting around some heroes and some ministers and pastors and leaders in the church and one thing became very evident very quickly not talking about just you know a regular believer i'm not talking about a congregant i'm talking about ministers one thing started to really stick out to me and that was that i had learned how to be led by the holy spirit and what also stuck out to me was that the majority of ministers that I had come around did not know how to be led by the spirit. It became very, very evident. You know, when you know how to do something or you are uh, informed in something and then you get around people that aren't operating in that revelation, a lot of times it becomes very clear. And so I was uh, sitting there and I, this really bothered me for quite some time, but I realized that God had really taught me something. And I began to wonder, how did he teach me this? And one of the major ways that he taught me on how to be led by the Holy Ghost or led by God and hear from the Holy Spirit was he He told me when he started me praying every 15 minutes in the Holy Spirit, that really kickstarted my ability to be led by God. I didn't realize that's what it would do. I had no idea. To me, it was a great uh, treasure that I had found, but I never had that plan. But here's what the Lord had actually done. If you think about it, when you're praying in the spirit, uh, One of the things that happens is you have a direct communication or connection between you and the Holy Ghost that is kept open. And you have this line of communication. Well, when you're praying in the Holy Spirit, what you're doing is you're receiving each syllable to pray out. Each one of those syllables that's being spoken is flowing from God through the Holy Spirit to my spirit. Well, what am I actually doing as I'm praying in the spirit? I am listening for the voice of God, I'm listening for the leading of the Holy Ghost. Well, I started to become very aware when he would talk or move or want to do something, it would have the same sense in my spirit. And so all of a sudden I realized this is what the Lord's doing. He's taught me how to hear when he wants to do something. When he's moving, when he's got uh, this uh, determination that he wants a plan accomplished, I'm hearing the plan the same way that I was hearing those syllables. It really tuned me into the Holy Ghost. Well, this was a great revelation that I started to realize. And of course, this is a great tool that you can use. Be filled with the Holy Ghost, which is a commandment uh, in the New Testament in Ephesians 5.18. But as you're filled with the Holy Ghost, pray a lot in the Holy Ghost. That will help your leading. And uh, so along these lines, I began uh, to become very interesting in becoming even more clear in my leading from the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that I did was I got a hold of a book by Brother Kenneth Hagen called How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. And this, <clears throat> excuse me. This book is a tremendous book. I try to read it personally uh, at least once or twice a year. It is just a great book to read, a refresher. And it's one of those things where you read it the first time you get a lot out of it. But the more you go back to it, the more you find that was in there. He does a tremendous job of pulling out of the scripture some things about being led by the Spirit of God that will really help you. I highly recommend it. I'll put the uh, link of that. Uh, in the, uh, I'll put the link of that in the uh, podcast description so that you can have it. And in this book, I really started to learn uh, some of the the tools that God has given us in his word to be led by the spirit. And a lot of those I'm going to talk about in this series on the 13 devastating mistakes that affect God's plan for your life. Uh, I'm going to talk about the things that I've learned, I've experienced, the things i found in the Word, and uh, Brother Hagan's book is tremendous. You really should get it and uh, read it. It's great. Read it on a regular basis. I've written a few things about being led that I think will help you, just some things I wrote down. One thing is this, that correct action to the Holy Spirit's leading will put us in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. This is what I found, and the Bible backs it up when you uh, boil it down to uh, what it says. Correct action to the Holy Spirit's leading will put us in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. I can't tell you how many times I've found this to be true. Uh, We're many, many, many times the Holy Spirit will be leading Nicole and I in ministry. Uh, sometimes it looks logical. Sometimes it doesn't look logical. But I have learned when I follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, I will be in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And it will start to pour out the blessings in my life. The Another thing I, I wrote was when we are led and we are willing and obedient, The blessings will manifest in abundance, and they will start to pile up around you. (laughs) When Nicole and I first started uh, moving into Christianity as adults, it was like we would praise God if a blessing ever showed up, and uh, they did, and they didn't, you know, we were never without, but we sure needed more manifestation in our life because we had a lot of bad habits, but as we learned how to be led by God, and as we learned how to be willing and obedient and be, follow that leading, I'm telling you, we've gotten the right place at the right time, and the blessings of God, they didn't just come every now and then. They started to pile up. They started to overflow in our lives, and that's what following the leading of God will do, and that's what learning how to be led will do for you uh, and not doing these mistakes. One last statement that I wrote down is this, leading from God brings resolve. Leading from God brings resolve in your life and in your actions. So in other words, when I know that I know that God has led something, all of a sudden I can stand with a different resolve. Let me give you an example of that. In 1999, Nicole and I had been dating for three years, uh, maybe about two and a half years at this time. Um, Well, it actually was 1998, the end of 98. And we had been dating for about two and a half years, and I'd gotten to the place where I really felt like she was the lady for me that I was supposed to be married to, but I wasn't sure that God would say the same thing now. I might should have asked him before we uh, became so serious in dating, but I didn't know these things then. I was still learning. Uh, I know these things now. I definitely would approach God even before I would date somebody today. However, because I found that if you have a God that knows everything, loves you more than yourself, and he has good plans for you. Why in the world would I not want to listen to him on everything? I mean, on everything. Why would I not want to listen to him? So I've really learned the reality of that now. It doesn't matter what I think about it or how I feel about it. He knows more than I do. He loves me more than I love myself. And he knows what I'm going to face and not face. I want his input on everything. I mean everything everything. I want his input. I want to be led by him and be willing and obedient in everything that he says. So because he's just so good, his love demands that everything he leads me to do be a great opportunity. His love demands that, uh, that it's a great opportunity. It can't be anything but a good opportunity and welfare and to give me a future and hope it can't be anything but that because he's so good. And so I really learned that and, uh, I'd begun to learn that, but I didn't know it like I know it today. Uh, and we were, it was the time for me to really consider asking Nicole to be my wife, but I wanted to check with the Lord, a really smart move on my part. And, um, Anyway, so I spent about three months just praying and seeking the Lord. And sure enough, he uh, after about three months, I didn't hear from him for the first three months. I think a lot of people would have given up, but I knew I did not have an answer. But then after about three months, here comes the answer, and I knew I had the answer, and I knew from the Lord that Nicole was ordained to be my wife, and I was ordained to be her husband. I really did love her, and if I wasn't the one that was ordained from her for her, I didn't want to step in the place of somebody else. I wanted her to have the best, and only God knows what the best would be. And so I listened for that. If he wanted to change it, then I would I would change my plans. I meant that. A lot of people, I don't think they really would be willing to do that. That's the willing and obedient part, the willing part of that. But I was willing to do that. And she knew that too, I'd told her. and I was serious about it because I really trusted God's goodness. I was learning about the being led part, but I trusted his love and his goodness. And sure enough, he comes, He's and I believe that he told me so very clearly, she is the woman for you. She is ordained to be your wife, and you are ordained to be her husband. And I was so happy. And the next day, even though I'd been up most of the night, I went out all day and went ring shopping. By the end of the day, I had a ring, and uh, it was a couple of days before Christmas, and I was getting ready to ask her to marry me. And she said, yes, that, that was really good. I was really happy about that. Um, Anyway, we moved towards our wedding. Everything was great. Had a great wedding, had a great honeymoon, and then we hit the first year of marriage. And she needed a lot of prayer because I was a mess and the truth is she was a mess too and we both need a lot of prayer and guess what during that year we really needed a lot of resolve to stand on what God had said and I'm telling you the leading of God the leading of God was absolutely necessary absolutely necessary The leading of God was necessary to stand with resolve and believe by faith for our marriage to make it. And I wouldn't say that we were ever really on the rocks where we were thinking about getting divorced, but I will say that our marriage was tested and I needed to know that I had heard from God. Leading from God brings resolve. You know, many of you may have had places in your life where you didn't have the resolve that you needed, but the leading from God is what brings that resolve. Your relationship with him and hearing from him. I can stand on things when other people are falling by the wayside today because I know I've heard from him. It will give you a resolve to see the plans of God through. So many times people are so close to seeing the manifestation of his good plans, but they don't have the resolve and they fall away before uh, it gets here. But while it's too uh, too short, they're too short in their perseverance. Uh, they're too short in their standing. And we're supposed to have, having done all, stand. And what they're missing is resolve. And they don't have that resolve because they haven't heard from God. So anyway... So the truth of the matter is I really just gave you an introduction and the importance of being led uh, today, and I didn't get into the devastating mistakes, but I will get into them in uh, the next part. I will get into the devastating mistakes. The first thing we're going to look at is uh, the soul and the emotional realm. Uh, The first four or five really talk about uh, the emotions and the soul or the mind, and we need to understand understand that. What are the devastating mistakes that happen in our mind that keep us away from the leading of God? So I'll I'll uh, start talking and teach on those in the next podcast. But as we wrap up today, uh, I want you to know this. Listen go uh, to whatsright.com. There, one of the things that you're going to find is you're going to find these notes. I'm going to give you these notes. There, you're going to find a place where you can sign up for emails. Uh, You can sign up for emails from whatsright.com. And when you do, I'm going to make these notes available to you. It'll have all of the notes and on being led, and it'll have uh, the scriptures that I'm going to cover in this whole series. So go ahead and go To whatsright.com. And uh, when you sign up for email, I want to give you a gift and I'll give you all of these notes so that you don't have to type them out and keep notes. And uh, I hope that's a blessing to you. The other thing is, everybody who does sign up on that email, I'm planning on taking these notes on being led and turning it into a book, like a mini book. And when I do that, I'm going to give you, whoever signs up for the email, I'm going to give you that mini book for free. Uh, so I want you to have that. Anybody who signs up when that does get uh, published, when it does come out, you'll get to get it for free and you'll be one of the first ones to get it. And uh, I'm excited to do that. So looking forward to connecting with you. I hope you enjoyed uh, this podcast today. Remember, if you have any questions or uh, anything else, go to whatsright.com and just uh, communicate with us there. Listen, you need to learn how to be led. You need to learn the mistakes. Uh, to keep you away from the leading of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about next week. I hope you enjoyed this first podcast. It was a lot of fun for me. I want to hear from you. I look forward to connecting with you uh, on the What's Right podcast, but thank you so much for joining. Thank you so very much. I really appreciate you. Let me pray for you. Father, right now, I just pray that the leading of God starts to become so clear in their lives. Lord, I just pray that as we go on into the different parts of this series of podcasts, that people will see those mistakes and they will learn what not to do. They will learn what to do and they will very aggressively push back the kingdom of darkness and the lack in their life and move into the blessing and the plans that you have for them, the future and the hope, not for calamity, but to fare well the good plans that you have for them. Holy Spirit, I just ask that you will make alive your word and your leading, that you will bring it so clearly into their hearts, into their spirit, so that they can see so clearly without question, what is your plan, what to do, what not to do, In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. There it is, our first podcast in the books. So I hope that this podcast has really helped you today. And if it has, please share it with your friends. You probably know somebody that it would also be beneficial to. We would love to have you be a part of the What's Right family by subscribing to this podcast or signing up at whatsright.com. There you can also send us a question or a topic that you'd like for us to talk about. Until next time, I love you. I hope you have a great day and I hope you live your life to to the full till it overflows. Bye-bye. Yeah.